What up? Hey, hey. It's your man's Denzel. It's your boy's Chet. Welcome to Real Nerd Hours, a podcast ostensibly about nerd shit. Hey, hey, hey. A comedy podcast. Oh, comedy podcast, excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the correction. I got you. I've sent out a few invites to people about coming on to the show via Twitter. Um, Brandon, I can't remember his last name, but he used to, I believe, play for the Texans. Ooh, or maybe yeah. it was the Bills. I can't remember. But he he's a wrestler now. He goes by Great Black Otaku on <laughs> on uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I sent somebody suggested we try to get him on the podcast. Well, that'd be fun. And I sent him a tweet tweet tweet. You I sent, sent him, him a tweet. tweet. <laughs> I sent him a tweet, and he liked the tweet. Uh oh. But he didn't respond. This motherfucker. <laughs> so what that seems like is a no. That sounds like a no, but he could have just ignored it altogether. Could have just done nothing <laughs> wholesale. Yeah, he, I, yeah, he could have ignored it altogether. I'll follow up with him. I'll circle back around with him. Yeah, we'll see. Suggest some more people because we could. It's kind of crazy how many people we have like two degrees of separation from. Like I know someone suggested Wooly, and yes, I, oh, we can pull that. Uh, we, we can do that. We can try. I mean, we he, can didn't, do that. he didn't even respond to any of the tweets I sent him. Yeah, but you didn't, so you didn't call in my ringer. We we know or no? You never met Peach, did you? No. So Peach is Pat's girlfriend from Super Best Friends Play. Uh huh. And Wooly's on Super Best Friends Play. Yes. And Peach is Pat's girlfriend. And I I have a tangential connection to Peach, mm. mainly because of the Dick Show. Mm. Oh, and by the way, your boy is a, a featured artist on a Billboard charting album. Hey, what the, up? By the way, hey, track eleven on the Dick Show album, comedy number one in comedy, number two overall on Bill. No, it can't be number two overall. No, number the- two overall on comedy, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, number two overall. In hey, whatever you're, you're number one on the charts on, now. Uh, Bandcamp. Oh, That's okay. What it was. But Billboard charting featured artist right here. It's your boy. Yo, <laughs> you. I am. I am Billboard charting, and you will address me as such. Hey. going forward. <laughs> anyway, going back to getting guests. Um, I reached out to Great Black Ot- Otaku Wooly. Uh, Izzy Nobre, who's a huge Brazilian um, YouTuber, mm-hmm. and Justin Wang, who's got a smaller YouTube channel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I've got uh, one invite pending for a Dan Saltman, who invented Tiny Chat. Oh man! <laughs> I sent him an email, and then the former CEO of CLG, I also sent him an email uh, about getting him on the show. He didn't respond. And uh, a one destiny, yeah, yeah. Sent him an invite. Uh, he actually agreed to come on. Hey, so it's just working out the schedule with him. Or so the the only people who have actually agreed to come on are Destiny, Izzy, and Justin. Okay. So everybody else is kind of just like yeah, air whatever space. <laughs> but I think um, I think once we start having more guests on, yeah, we can we can do a lot more with it. Yeah. So, one thing, one thing, 
I want to definitely try to do is find more people to reach out to. So if any of you at home have any ideas of who you want to hear on the podcast, let us know and we'll we'll reach out. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do to people is make them watch really shitty anime. So anime hostage is definitely going to be a thing. And oh, uh, let me share this. Before any of you say, oh, you should get Dick Masterson on. I've reached out to Dick. And uh, we just have to reschedule with him to get yeah. him on. Uh, we we had like a little little thing happen uh, around the Nerd Range Olympics, which would have been like super timely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. We we might even just bring the cringe cup back before the Nerd Range Olympics. And now now y'all can nerd rage about not having the Nerd Rage Olympics. Yeah, I don't know. That one's a lot harder to put together. Yeah, because it's it's not. It's not necessarily, I mean, it's going to be the same tournament format as Mm -hmm. the Cringe Cup. But the thing is, like, the descriptions, like, narrowing down the descriptions for everything. Yeah. To make it, like, nice and concise without having to over-explain everything is the difficult part. There's some real broad concepts in there. And, like, some of the things are, like, multiple... Like they fit under the same umbrella of like say gatekeeping for example mm-hmm. you know gatekeeping is a really broad term and then someone will be like okay well what about sci-fi fans who don't like women being around like, well is that gatekeeping is that misogyny I don't know it's it's like how do we want to break it out right yeah. like do we do we want to do gatekeeping and then sexist gatekeeping ah. because when you say sexist gatekeeping that sounds way worse than gatekeeping as <laughs> yeah. a whole but that's a subset of of gatekeeping so what do we do and this was a big problem on the biggest problem in the universe when that was going on Mm -hmm. like people doing subsets of problems yeah but we'll move on yes (laughs) anyway uh any guests recommendations you have just let us know and we'll try to get somebody on yeah and even if it's someone that we may not be familiar with but you're a fan of or you have a connection to and you want to hear them on the show you think they would be a good fit give it a shot yeah it's always worthwhile. Yeah. Definitely. And speaking of the show, starting next week, we're going to have an actual fucking format. He's lying. Uh, no, <laughs> not this time. We were supposed to do it this week, but I almost fell asleep at work, so I didn't I didn't get a chance to prep it. The format is nap time. <laughs> Real sleep hours. <laughs> that, was a, that was the name of one of our early episodes. It was, yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. We have to re-record all of those. Ugh, yeah. At least I want to. I want to try to re-record all of those. That would be pretty fun. Just yeah. hit the exact same topics. Just come back at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because those are the old ones. I tried to listen to a few of the old episodes and they're nearly unlistenable. Really? Yeah. Because Man, I haven't listened in a while. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's when the audio peaks at certain points and I wasn't like good at mixing the audio before. Mm-hmm. So it's just like static through oh. half the sentences sometimes. Oh. <laughs> so it's not, it's not good. It's certainly not good. Right. But if we go through and like re-record a bunch of them, like and just re- replace the audio, mm-hmm. it'll make them way more listenable. <laughs> yeah, and people might actually just be like, "Oh, wow these 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 first podcasts are actually pretty good." I don't know why they say don't listen to these early ones, <laughs> and then like the obvious dip in quality after like the first ten. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> like, like episode eleven sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can listen to one through ten, but not eleven through twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, shit. Eventually, then we'll have to re-record 11 through 23. And then it'll just be a nice Ouroboros of SoundCloud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder I wonder if you replacing the file on SoundCloud resets the listens on it. Man, it better not. Because our first episode has like two or 3,000 listens. I think it's above three. Oh, jeez. How disappointing. I know, right? 3,000 people listening to this garbage. <laughs> oh, man. If you're, if you're a new listener, this is, here's a tip for you. For 90% of podcasts, except for recent podcasts, which I have a problem with, uh, something that's come to my attention recently, the Industrial Podcast Complex. There you go. <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're listening to independent podcasts by like fans or something, I don't recommend going back all the way to the beginning. It's, no. it's never good. There's yeah. never a podcast that you hear and like, God damn, this shit's tight. Yeah, like from knocking, episode one? Knocking it out from, from episode one. Like, no, nah. never, never, not one. You can take talented people, people who have good chemistry together. It just takes a while to like really get the hang of it. Yeah, it does. It's, oh, you know what? Another, I reached out to Chapo Trap House. Hey. A few, I just sent them a tweet. How many retweets did you guys, one of you guys on the show? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's continuing. Uh, you never, I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast where within the first few episodes it was good. Even, even like listening to uh, possibly the greatest podcast that had ever existed, the biggest problem in the universe. Mm-hmm. Those first five or six episodes were kind of rough, but they were able to get into the swing of things relatively quickly. But Again, they they recorded like 10 or so beforehand. Yeah, you record some dummy episodes just so you're not going in completely raw. Yeah, exactly. You got to do test episodes to make sure everything's good. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it, there's there are podcasts that are popping up. And this is the shit that I don't like. This is a... Okay, so... Oh, God. <laughs> I gotta talk I gotta, that talk. I gotta I gotta take it back. I gotta speak take to it these back. devils. You know back back in the 1910, 1920 <laughs> era, uh, people would emigrate to the United States looking for the American dream. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You could come to the United States, make something of yourself, you know, build a business, build your own home if you really wanted to, and have a little piece of the American dream for you mm-hmm, for yourself. Mm-hmm. In recent years that's gone away. Uh, there, there are only a few few things that you can do, like honestly, that is, solely relies on you. Yeah. In America, and running a podcast is one of those things. Brewing beer is another one of those things. Hey. And you know, if you want to be like an internet personality, I guess that's one of those things, right? Yeah. Like if you, yeah. you want to. You you can't <laughs> do it only on your own, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's the it's like it's it's a piece of Americana at this point, like mm-hmm. podcasting. Same with like illegally brewing beer or distilling liquor in your basement or whatever. Yeah. And one of the things that's killing me is that you have large groups coming out of nowhere, at like let's say the Washington Post, yeah, or the Atlantic or NPR. Like you have large groups that make podcasts essentially radio shows that they post online. Yeah. And when podcasts start to get covered by, let's say, uh, like Complex or 
I don't I don't know. Like I don't think Hypebeast does anything about podcasts. But if Complex covers something or the Atlantic comes up with like a listicle or whatever of the podcasts that you should be listening to, a lot of the time it's these big ass podcasts from yeah. these big ass platforms. Yeah. And it's like, yo, like you guys are hardly doing any work. You guys aren't even doing your jobs right now. Are you? Do you even listen? You're just going with these big ones because this is a, these are the safe choices. Yeah, because they're easy. Like they have a lot more funding than you know us. Yeah, and doing a podcast. I mean, once you get to a certain point, it's really not that difficult, right? Like if you let's say, like if you had I don't know, like five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I mean, even less than that. If you had. I don't know, a thousand dollars you could start up a podcast and like yeah. get like a nice little studio space, get like the foam things for the walls, mics and equipment and shit to record on, and you'd be pretty much straight. Yeah, more or less. But these big ass like the Washington Post has a podcast, and like I don't give a fuck what that's about. <laughs> but let's be honest, the dickhead who's assembling the list like he or she goes out of their way to pick these big ones because they're they're known quantities. Yeah, they're the devil it's, it's you easy. Know. Like you're not going to when you just randomly click on, you know, find me a podcast, there's a good chance you're gonna stumble upon some garbage. And generally speaking, most podcasts are no shorter than half an hour. Like oftentimes an hour and a half plus us being an example of that. So it's not like a, a quick thing. And, you know, it, it's not going to be an hour and a half of side-splitting content the whole time. There's going to be a lot of lulls in that. So you have to actually listen to an hour and a half a lot. A lot of times, it's just not going to be good. So you hit up NPR and say, hey, you know what? This is done by the Radio Lab people. It's going to be good. So I don't got to listen to it. Exactly. <laughs> or you listen to the podcast by the people who did Serial, like whatever production company put that together, or you listen to whatever Earwolf puts out, yeah. or whatever Boom Studio or Loudspeaker Network. I guess Loudspeaker doesn't really count because that's like more of an independent thing. But even with all of those examples out there, it's it's gotten to the point where I'm not like, we're, oh God, how do I phrase this? It's not that I'm like, shitting on them for for merely existing because like what can you do they have big audiences already right so all they're doing is releasing something to their audience it's not the fault of the content producers that they have big ass audiences it's the fault of the people who aren't doing the work yeah the the fucking the the little keyboard jockey that's sitting there getting paid to churn out these articles at five cents per word or whatever Mm -hmm. and is just like really looking for anything with a big enough synopsis to be able to just plagiarize it to a certain degree (laughs) so they can get their work done and get their $30 check or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fucking asshole do your do your googles look up look up these homegrown independent podcasts I guess no. I you, do, you don't have to go that far. Yeah, you don't have to go that far. But like, all I ask is that you do your job, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not as if the Atlantic really needs promotion. Yeah, they they service an audience that's fucking gigantic. Yeah, 
And the only, oh God, the only <laughs> thing that you're doing is helping them reach a larger audience to sell more ad space to, or sell, yeah, sell more ad space to. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. But we're the little guys. Yeah. We ain't sell no ads except for ourselves. Yep. We're looking to sell the fuck out. So, dear the Atlantic, dear John Atlantic, <laughs> Mr. Atlantic, we're here to sell the fuck out. Call us. 413 Savage One. <laughs> we eagerly wait, await your reply. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Rants about podcasting aside, um, I've been listening to a shitload of podcasts recently. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a lot of them. I've been just kind of trying to find new ones that I'm into. So I put out a call like maybe two months ago on Twitter to basically find more podcasts mm-hmm. because I want I want to listen to stuff like while I while I do my dirt or whatever. And one recommendation that came up repeatedly was uh yeah dude. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that one? I have not. It's by it's by two cats that basically read off news stories and talk shit about them more or less but like i don't find them too funny it sounds like a white jesus and marrow yeah that's yeah i mean like yeah that's <laughs> that's accurate all right that's accurate i mean it's they've been doing it for about six or seven years wow and they have 600 or so episodes they do two a week okay and yeah, that's that was the weird thing that I took some getting used to. They do two episodes a week, and like the those episodes aren't home runs all the time. Sure, yeah, like there are parts of the episodes that are fucking hilarious. Like so funny, in fact, that I was happy at certain points that I was stopped at a red light because I was laughing so fucking hard that I probably would have hit somebody in my Damn. car. There's, there were there were some genuinely funny parts, but like that's few and far between. Sure. But I mean, outside of that, it's it's entertaining enough. If you're looking for like something to play in the background, that's not this, <laughs> right? <laughs> but keep playing this in the background. <laughs> yes, keep, and tell all your friends to play this while they do chores or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else was there? There was um, John reads the internet. Okay. So I started listening to that. It's literally a guy reading the internet. Like okay. he, he'll find whatever niche forum, and he'll just read things off of that forum. Okay, that <laughs> could be good at times, but it largely depends on how funny or entertaining that forum is. Yeah. So one of the I listened to like two or three episodes. One of them was about like a niche sex forum, like for fetishes and all that. Uh huh. Oh, one of them was like a niche sex forum for people who are into different sex acts that were atypical another episode was um about what was it it was like the incel forum uh, before it got shut down on reddit there was uh more it was like can't i don't know how to really describe it because it wasn't stds it was like sexual malfunctions i guess like Uh. if like let's say you can only hold an erection for exactly five minutes okay it was something like that yeah uh but that one was okay i guess that Mm -hmm. wasn't like too too crazy and then i started listening to a lot of chapo trap house yeah that one's entertaining uh they're like super duper mean lefties (laughs) 
They're like all they're left leaning people that are just super mean about fucking everything. This seems right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun to listen to. It's at first I couldn't get with it because it was a little bit too pretentious for me. And like <laughs> it's probably going to wear thin for me for a little after a little bit. Sure. Mainly because I don't care about politics enough to listen to a podcast about it. Yeah, that's fair. And like they're they don't have hot takes or anything on the podcast, mm. but it's just like, all right, I get it. You've driven home your point. But there are there are definitely parts in that show that I find super fucking hilarious. All right, like that are just side splittingly funny. And I also appeared on a podcast recently called Americans. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you gotta shout it. Willard TK and Dirty D's podcast. Yeah. Appeared on that motherfucker. Yeah. We talked about various things. That one's fairly political as well, right? Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, they So we spoke about like gun control briefly. And then there's a part where they go over super cheap house listings yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. Found a house for $9,000. A house? Yes, a house. To own. To own. For na- okay. For $9,000. It's in a super shitty area and the I house is super so. run down. I would assume so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, you're just buying the property, really. I guess that's really about it recently. Mm-hmm. I Like, they're the staples that I used to fuck with, but not really anymore. Like, the Giant Bomb cast, the Giant Beast cast, Team GFB Radio... I'm a fix wolves, which is a three episode. It only has three episodes, uh, but I mean, it's a hip hop podcast. Um, don't listen to many of those. And what else was there? Virtual pros. Yeah. I still listen to virtual pros pretty regularly. You should get them back on. Yeah, I want to. I reached out to Mike. He said he was down, but Al has yet to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we were cool. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Well, anyway, you you watch anything? You do anything? Yeah. So uh, I finished Altered Carbon, and I thought that show was pretty solid overall. I feel like it took a turn for the worse around episode seven. Um, which was that? That was when um when he goes into the after he goes into the uh, the fight ring. And gets rescued. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I it did sort of like wrap everything up. It it was a big plot point that made a lot of sense of things, but I also didn't really like the direction the story took after that moment, but overall, pretty solid. I, I would say it was a pretty good uh sci fi series and I want to see more things like it on Netflix. Or from whatever because i know like westworld was a was a big sci-fi thing and i just couldn't get into it it was just too slow for me altered carbon kind of remedies some of that it's a lot more a lot more violent a lot more just a lot more shit just happens <laughs> and you get to see just about everyone naked so if you're into that that's a plus <laughs> yeah a lot of nudity in that show a lot of it it's a lot if, if there's a character you're like well, I wonder if we get to see them naked. Yeah. Well, not everybody. <laughs> not 
everybody. You don't get to see the AI naked, right? No, 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 okay. not not the AI, not the black guy. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, you see a lot, a lot of everybody else naked, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they, they pulled some twists that I actually didn't expect. So, you know, I, I can respect that. So, yeah, it's pretty good. If you're into uh, sci-fi, check it out. You know what? One of the twists I saw coming from the beginning, the very beginning. Which one? The one where it was the sister yeah. was behind it the whole time. Yeah. I was just like... <sighs> All right, yeah, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> because, it, I mean, it had to be somebody, right? Because once once all the pieces start falling together mm-hmm. or coming together, like, as soon as you find out he's got a sister, it's like, well, no shit. Right. Like, he's not traumatized because his sister died. He's, he's trauma yeah. for other reasons. Yeah, yeah. But once, it, once the story starts coming together, it all starts to make sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like towards the beginning, some of that, some of the shit that they're doing is just like way too coincidental. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they don't do a good job of like kind of mocking that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of little things where I'm like, mm, I don't know if this is intelligent writing here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But you know. As I said, pretty good overall. Uh, another thing I watched also on Netflix was the Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for this shit. I was waiting for this shit. I saw that yesterday. That was... Oof. That was not good. So for any of you out there that are out here talking mad shit about the Death Note live adaptation uh, live live, uh, <laughs> live action adaptation I need you to know something this is just as bad if not fucking worse I think that. it's worse it's, I think it, it's legitimately worse the thing is at least with the Death Note one the story made sense yeah it made sense all the way through right it was it was a clear point A to B to C to D like it it glossed over a lot of details from the anime, sure, but it didn't need to get into some of that stuff. They just kind of condensed everything. Phil Metal Alchemist, I feel like they tried to do too much, and I hadn't seen the anime. So for me, it's like, what was the point of this character? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck did he even do? Oh, shit. Even the inclusion of Winry. Winry had no purpose in that. No, not and at she all. She was just annoying. Yes. Very, and then like she starts crying in the middle of the movie for, for because they're brothers and they need to love each other. Like, oh god! And then that part where uh, where greed is like chasing those dudes around, and he's just like kind of lumbering super slowly <laughs> yeah. in the cave. That was oh, really man. fucking goofy. And the CG was really inconsistent. Some of it was like actually very good, and some of it was awful. The CG involving Ed in some spots was really fucking good. Yeah. And then, like, Al, when he wasn't moving, like, if he was stationary. Or, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. When he was stationary, he looked really good. When he started interacting with other things, it was goofy. Yeah. <laughs> it was mad goofy. And for the record, I'm pretty sure in the anime, Al couldn't do alchemy without a Signs. circle. Yeah, a circle. Yeah, I don't think I. I, I know they made it. I've I've seen a very little bit of uh, the fundamental anime, and I know it was a big deal that Ed could do it. 
And then Al just wasn't as good of, a, of an alchemist. So why, why was he out here doing this the yeah. movie? <laughs> yep. The fucking beginning of the movie had Ed and Al as, as kids. You know, they're like five and six years old. And they fucking CG'd their hair to be blonde. And it was horrible. Was that CG? Yes, those were not wigs. <laughs> I was like, yo, those are really shitty wigs. Like, what's going on here? Oh, man. Nikki and I were just dying over that. And, like, it would have been so much cheaper to just put wigs on them. Yeah. Even really good wigs are, like, $300. Like, tops. It's just a basic-ass blonde wig. That's all you need to do. Maybe there are laws in Japan against putting wigs on children. It better be something. So, all right, let's back up. Let's let's take a step back here and explain what Full Metal yes. Alchemist is. Okay, so Full Metal Alchemist is essentially about... A, it's a story about two brothers, and they do something that's considered taboo. Uh, they try to bring back their mother uh, yes. from the grave. She dies... When they're young boys and they work their little asses off for a very long time to try to bring her back to life. And it goes horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. One of the brothers loses his body. The other loses his uh, arm and leg. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the brother who loses his body has to have his soul attached to a set of armor. And the brother who loses his arm and leg has like... I don't know what they call it. Auto male. Auto male. Yeah. It's basically it's, prosthetics. Yeah. Prosthetics. Uh, prosthetic arm and leg attached, made of metal. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, the story is essentially them trying to get the brother, Al, who lost his body, his body back. And um, I don't think they even give a fuck about Ed's arm and leg. Nah. They just want to get Al's body back. Yeah. That's that's essentially what the issue is. And they meet a bunch of characters along the way and they start working for the fucking man. Yep. And it, <laughs> for the government. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this movie is as we said before, not good. No. The problem that I have with it is like you had mentioned, they try to do way too much with it. Yeah. Way too much. And it's like the entire, I want to say, first 26 episodes of the original Ooh, anime. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, so the part where they get to like the, uh, I don't even know what they were called, the dolls, I want to say. Oh, what? Like the. The, the white, the fully yeah, white the army dudes. thing. Yeah. With yeah. The, uh, yeah. With the, the Cyclopses. Yeah. So they, up until that point. I'm well. No, that's not even true. Honestly, that's like right at the end of the series. Really? Yeah. Because so, I want to say the first four or five episodes covers what happened in the town at the very beginning of the show, mm -hmm. or at the beginning the of the movie. Yeah, where they like are chasing down this priest or something. Yeah, this big phony, and. They confront him and then they try to get the Philosopher's Stone off of him or whatever, but it's a fake. Yep. So that's covered in the first few episodes. But then, like, because obviously they drop a bunch of story elements, but they also wanted to provide fan service for the fans. So they include 
the guy who makes the homunculus out of his daughter and the dog. Yeah, show Tucker. Yeah, and it was just like, why would you even include him? Why, and, like, why? And if you're going to put that in, that was one of the few bits of the anime that I actually watched. And, like, they hit you pretty hard with that. Like, that, it's, there's a reason why it, it was such a big deal because it fucks you up when you see that. Yeah. But in the movie, they didn't give it the time that it, you need in order for it to have any sort of impact. It's just like, wow, this is kind of fucked up. And the CG to it also takes you out. <laughs> yeah, it was also very bad. Yeah. In this specific instance with father and his daughter. So the dad is an alchemist. And I'm sorry, I forgot to explain this. The alchemy is more or less than performing magic. Yeah, yeah it's more magic than anything. There's talk about equivalent exchange. Like you can't turn wood into metal, but they're they're breaking all kinds of rules with that throughout the series just from the start <laughs> so whatever yeah it's not uh it's uh, it's dumb it's magic yeah so it, it's yeah it's more or less magic and with this magic this father uh wants to create a talking homunculus which is basically a fake human yeah but in order to do it he keep i mean like he essentially just needs to use a human yeah to do you, it. you you can't take two animals and then suddenly make them more intelligent than the sum of their parts yes which exactly. was essentially what he was trying to do but it's not gonna work so, so he uses his baby daughter yes and he had done it to his wife a few years in the past so he could become like the government's alchemist the state state sanctioned alchemist mm -hmm. and then he does it with his daughter to like continue his license or something like that and then it turns out that he's like part of the antagonist posse yeah with the actual homunculi and so the homuncul the gang of homunculus homunculi are it's like this woman named envy i think there, there's a lust envy and gluttony there we go yeah so they are full-on fake humans yeah they they are made from what's called the Philosopher's Stone, which is like basically this all-powerful thing that can do anything that you want it to. It can ignore the idea of equivalent exchange. If you really want to make lead into gold, you can with the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. And they were the boys, Ed and Al, were hunting one. Because they wanted to get Al's body back. And with the Philosopher's Stone, they could do it. Mm -hmm. And so, so on and so forth. They run into the homunculi, and then they fight him a few times. And for some reason, Lust doesn't kill Ed. Yeah, they had so many chances to just off all of them. Yeah, yeah, it was really <laughs> weird. And, like, Dr. Marco is in it, which is... He plays a really fucking big role in the anime. Uh -huh. But in this, it's just more for exposition. It's, it's straight <laughs> up one scene that he's just dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, Dr. Marco is essentially one of the scientists who helped develop the Philosopher's Stone. And he went into hiding because he didn't want the government fucking with him anymore. Mm -hmm. And, like, he ran a bunch of really fucked up experiments on the prisoners of war. Uh, that they they had from the war with the brown people. Uh, in the anime, it's literally just a group of brown people who live in a desert. Okay. 
and they get into a huge war with them because they want to take their land. Uh, I mean, no, Sounds about not necessarily. It's not necessarily that. Like the there's a whole scheme on the part of um, the Fuhrer because that's what they that's what they call their leader for some reason, the Fuhrer. I mean, it is set in Germany. Is it? I think it was supposed to be, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I I didn't know any of it was like tied to like modern day anything. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily Germany per se, but it's definitely modeled after Western Europe. Okay. Or yes, yeah, Western Europe. Yeah, so. yeah, it is. Uh, at least the architecture is. Yeah. Um. So oh, they get into the war with the brown people. The brown people are mysteriously missing from this adaptation. Yeah. Because, oh, hold on. Does Mustang shoot the little, the, the homunculus that the show makes? No. No? Okay. Uh, because in the anime, Scar kills it. Okay. So, And I was expecting Scar to pop up, which is like, he's pr- from the Ishvalan area. Mm-hmm. Ishval. Um, and essentially... Oh, God, the story is so fucking convoluted. <laughs> All right, so in the anime, the Fuhrer's plan is... he's The Fuhrer is a homunculus in the anime. Right. And that's revealed at the very end. Spoilers, whatever. The series is super fucking old at this point. Yeah, it's been out for a while. And it's very good. You should watch it. It's it's all on Netflix. All of it. So what, Brotherhood is better than the original one, but both of them are actually very good. Yeah. So... The Fuhrer is one of those fake humans, and the fake humans work for Ed and Al's dad, or yeah. a fake version of their dad. Jeez. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really kind of weird. It's like uh, somebody who modeled themselves after their dad. Okay. Because they had met a long time ago. Okay. And... Oh, fuck. This sounds so convoluted. It is. It really is. All right, let's keep it simple. I'm just going to call Father... Ed and Al's dad. I mean, it's not really, but you'll, we'll get there. So Ed and Al's dad uh, created the homunculus, homunculi, mm-hmm. and they all work for him. And what he wants to do is create the biggest philosopher's stone ever so he could have all the power imaginable. Sure. So what's he do? He starts going around and he's like causing wars in certain areas mm. because philosopher stones can only be made with like humans like live humans and if there's a great deal of death or something like that you can make like a super powerful one they start a war with the ishval and people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with ishval and then they start a riot in the city where the priest is from Mm. so a bunch of people go nuts and start killing each other up there uh, after the priest is found out to be a fake. And that's like, that's the trigger for that area. And there are other wars in other areas. So it creates like a giant alchemy thing oh. around the city. Oh. And then eventually what happens is they activate the alchemy thing. And then they start trying to create the the giant philosopher's stone or destroy the world or whatever the fuck their plan is. <laughs> so... I hope that explanation made a little bit of sense. It was it was something. Yeah. So what the anime tries to do, or what the live action adaptation tries to do is it tries to go through 
every one of those story beats. But what it does is it leaves out the Fuhrer, who's a huge part of the story. Mm-hmm. It leaves out Father, which is an even bigger part of the story. <laughs> and it leaves out a lot of story elements that need to be there. Like, why the fuck is Winry there if the old woman who took care of Ed and Al's children isn't? Right. So, it like... You can toss all that shit the fuck out of the window. I'm pretty sure it was Winry's grandmother that took care of them as kids. Sounds right. So she just showed up once to like freak out about the auto mail being fucked up. Yeah, that was like the biggest purpose she served (laughs) was was like, oh, I can fix this auto mail, and that's about it. And which is done off camera anyway. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. One thing that the the anime didn't have, but the movie did, apparently the homunculi have a certain amount of lives they can regenerate, mm. which is absolutely not the case in the anime. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Because in the anime, those fuckers just are savages. <laughs> and, of course, they couldn't do it in the anime, but Envy, or in the live-action adaptation, but Envy turns into, like, this giant, like, lizard thing. Mm. Uh, and... It, there's so much to explain (laughs) so essentially Envy being a shapeshifter is normally like a gigantic fucking lizard so it's impossible for anybody to really like fuck with Envy like they can't really punch him all crazy they can't like suplex him they can't pick him up or do anything like anything crazy like that Mm -hmm. because what he's doing is he's just compressing his mass into the smaller shape oh okay so when you try to like punch him or something, you're just hitting a brick wall essentially. Yeah, because it's super compressed mass. Exactly. I, all, right, all right. But that was left out of this, and like they basically served no purpose outside of killing Envy or not Envy. Uh, must no. What was Hughes. that guy? Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of killing Hughes, which again in the anime had a huge impact. Yeah, it was a very emotional thing, and you know the oh, what a terrible time for Rain. Yeah, and it was all emotional, and you know, and yeah, that's it, it. It was really clear that they were gonna kill Hughes just because of how nice of a guy he was. Yeah, yeah, you could see it from the beginning. <laughs> yep, and it's like, oh, I'm expecting a baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here, have this wonderful dinner. No, no, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. At least yeah. he actually served some form of purpose in the story like to help them find out what's where to go and stuff but i mean even in this one he they could have done without him yeah they could have actually gone without him (laughs) hughes didn't have to be there who else was there mustang hardly served a purpose he was just kind of fried everyone up at the end uh i mean in the anime that shit is actually super sick oh i believe when he when he kills everybody or he kills uh Lust, mm. that shit is so tight. Uh, but yeah, he fries him up at the end. But essentially, he serves as—is it like a foil? Instead? Yeah, I guess. But he's just kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's just a dick the entire time. And in the in the anime, Lieutenant Hawkeye plays a bigger role outside of just helping knock out a couple guards yeah. and then helping. Edward escape right it's this thing is a piece of shit yeah it, it really this isn't sucked. good it's it's kind of hard to overstate like how just not good it was and it's not like so bad it's good 
which I thought about Death Note. Death Note was like entertaining bad. And like you could tell that they kind of stopped giving a fuck toward the end by like playing the 80s ballads and shit. This one, you can tell they were trying to do something here. They were trying to be they were they were trying to take this seriously and make a faithful adaptation. And I'll say it was relatively faithful like up until like the last yeah yeah when it's like i don't know half hour or so right when it comes to like basically the climax of the movie where they took a lot of different story points and characters and just kind of mishmashed them all into a single scene instead of being seasons long (laughs) (laughs) but like up until that point it's like okay you got all the you've got all the major characters everyone's mostly the same there's certain scenes that are pretty much lifted straight from the anime but it was boring it like it wasn't entertaining it's long it was a full ass two hours and 15 minutes yeah that was another part that really got my goat (laughs) (laughs) it was long and felt every minute as long as it was Anybody who decides to sit up on their fucking high horse and talk shit about a movie that come like prior to it coming out is a piece of shit. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. But I couldn't help but feel like there would be problems with this as soon as the trailer started. What's funny is when I saw the when when the trailer first came out, I saw someone on Facebook saying, "Look, Death Note, this is how you do an anime movie." Oh. <laughs> You just make sure you put a bunch of Asian people in it just because that's the the, the <laughs> country of origin of the manga and the anime. What's hilarious is that this one would have been more accurate if it was all white people. They're yeah. all blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not mad at Japan for doing a full Japanese cast. The country is 99% Japanese. Like, what, <laughs> what the fuck you expect? Oh, exactly. Exactly. But, I don't know. I I wouldn't even recommend watching it. We should do a no. commentary track for it. Oof, but then I have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think uh, I'm going to start rating things on the Brightometer for like really, really bad movies. Oh, man. Uh, this is going to get uh, 0.5 brights out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> as far as like the brightometer, I've just come up with it. Uh, it's bright being a five. It it compares poorly. It's bad. Yeah, like again, bright wasn't great. Bright wasn't a blockbuster of, uh, by any stretch, but it was entertaining. It was something you, like I wouldn't mind watching it again. I am pretty against watching. <laughs> alchemist again (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was bad it's just not a good movie nah it's it's in its course just not very entertaining like the cg takes you out of it because it's 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 bad it's inconsistently bad the acting is overblown the story is confusing and just tries to do too much yeah there's not really much that's good about it you know, I will say, I thought that the actor who played Ed did a really good job. I, I thought he was over the top in a good way. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it... It fit in. Yeah, and it, it felt cartoony, but like... It it added some levity to the movie. 
And so that was kind of nice. I felt Winry was terrible. She was. <laughs> Basically, everybody in the movie was pretty terrible. And, like, Mustang's wig yeah, kept was... bothering me. How hard is it to grow your hair like that? It or, like, style be. your hair like that? Can't be hard. Yeah. It can't be. Hughes was all right. Hughes was fine. Hughes' wife was all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all 30 seconds of screen time with her. Uh, I would say Lust was all right. Yeah. Yeah. She was fine. Um, Gluttony was fun. Just big, dumb old lumbering guy. Yeah. It's extra fat. That's so stupid. <laughs> I f- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of bad movies, I watched the movie Mute. Oh, that was a movie? I thought it was another series. No, it's just, it's a really shitty movie. Okay. It takes place in a sci-fi future. It's about a, an Amish guy who does some stuff or something. An Amish in the future? Yeah. He's on the on the subreddit, Starboxer posted like a spoiler thread about Mute. And he essentially, one of the first points that he brings up is that there's no reason for this movie to be sci-fi. Oh. And I 100% agree with that. Interesting. 100%. It takes place in like some far-flung future, but there's no reason for it to be in that setting at all. It just make it has nothing to do with the plot it that has, is that it's in the future. It has hardly anything to do with the plot. That's oh god, it's just like a weird expenditure, right? Like you you're just kind of spending money to spend money. <laughs> If you put something in the future like that. Yeah. All it's, right. Uh, and the CG was really shitty. So the CG that I was afraid that was going to be an altered carbon appeared in mute. Like what? It's like really shitty 3D or CG that you would expect to see in like a sci-fi original series. Mm. Like S-Y-F-Y yes, sci-fi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just low quality. And the... The world isn't necessarily super cohesive. One of the things that I really appreciated about Altered Carbon is when you watched it, the world made sense together. Yeah. Whereas with this, it seems like people kind of pick things and said, all right, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) Put it in. I see. And I'd imagine that it's much harder to build a world than than people would imagine. Mm. You know, I kind of, this is only tangentially related. I have a feeling Ready Player One is going to have a bit of that same issue where, like, the world feels just kind of cherry-picked. Like, this, the basic setting, and I haven't read the book because I hear it's hot garbage, and I imagine the movie is also going to be hot garbage. But what I've seen from the trailer, the basic setting for the world doesn't make much sense to me. Like, it's not supposed to be that far in the future, and it looks way dystopian and apparently overpopulation is this massive problem now it's not that far in the future guys (laughs) (laughs) like we we've talked about how much empty space there is in just america yeah like it's it's, (laughs) there's no way that it would ever get that bad no like i mean we're well no not 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 in this century no definitely not there's a podcast Okay, all right. It's called 372 Pages We Will Never Get Back. <laughs> and it's just a podcast that's essentially uh, uh, reviewing Ready Player One in every episode. Man. So it's, I don't know how many pages they go through in each in each one because it's kind of, I think they're doing it 
up until the movie gets released. So it's not like that one fucking podcast where they reviewed um, Grown Ups every week for a year. That's stupid. (laughs) If you want to... That that one, that's... Like, to hear the madness slowly creeping in on those dudes. Oh, man. That one was interesting. That was an interesting-ass podcast. But essentially, it's just two, two people... That are just reviewing it constantly. Yeah. um, I I had a friend. He lent me the book. And the book was, I think, given to him by a friend of ours. But then the friend moved away. So he didn't know if she lent it to him or gave it to him. But in any case, like (laughs) she moved away. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to read this piece of shit. You read it. (laughs) I haven't cracked the spine yet. But he told me like what he read of it was nothing but references. Like just the whole thing is just like, oh, I get that. Oh, I get that. Someone showed me an excerpt and it was talking about like how he hopped in his DeLorean and used his ectoplasm backpack to go fight alongside Chun-Li and take down the T-Rex. But it was the T-Rex specifically from Jurassic Park. (laughs) That's fucking awful. That's awful. That Do you rem- get it? <laughs> that reminds me of the magicians. Have you ever heard of the magicians? Mm, no. So it's basically an adult version of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. Or ooh, what's that series called? The series uh, of unfortunate events? No, that's a different N- one. Narnia. Yes, the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> yeah. There we go. It's essentially that meets Harry Potter, but for adults. Okay. And there are some elements in there that are really dope, but I'm not here to talk about that. (laughs) What I'm here to talk about is how fucking referential that piece of shit is. So in the books, at least, it's essentially Ready Player One, but with magic references. It constantly name drops Tolkien. It always talks about Harry Potter, (sighs) Chronicles of Narnia, like shit like that. And it's really far up its own ass. Okay. In the TV show, they kind of drop a lot of that. Good. But even, even with that said, the TV show is very trashy. (laughs) Very trash. It's not good. It's not good. It's really not good. All right. Anyway, another thing that I watched, Captain Underpants. Oh, okay. What'd you think? It was cool. Yeah. (laughs) I like how they kind of just dropped in different styles in there. Yeah. Like towards the beginning where he was doing the sock puppets. Mm -hmm. That was really fucking cool. Yeah. Like I I really appreciated just that they just fucking did it. You know, like a lot of, a lot of kids movies are really safe with how they present their art style. It's just like. Oh, look, we developed this new render so we can put more fur on the trolls. Which, <laughs> by the way, the trolls movie actually looks beautiful. But <laughs> the point is, is that it's, it's, they're just using whatever latest technology. They're not doing shit like markers and chalk and stuff that you can do. And kids will find it just amusing. And then people who like aesthetics and arts and stuff are like, oh, that's really fucking cool that they did that. Other people don't do that. Yeah. So that that one was really good. That yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch anything else. I uh, I've been watching a show on your recommendation on Netflix, uh, Terrace House. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I, it is hard to describe why the show is so, like, addictive. Like, okay, so Terrace House is a Japanese reality TV show about six young, attractive people living in a dope-ass house in the middle of Tokyo. At least the series that I'm watching. It's the first one that was produced by Netflix. So it's on Netflix. Go check it out. But uh, it, it's it's an unlike American reality TV show in that it's literally just six people living in a house. There's no challenges. There's no eliminations. They have jobs. They go to school. They live their lives as if they were just roommates. And they're all young, attractive, and single. So there's you know relationships that form and friendships and all that. But it's organic. It's not completely forced. It's it's, it's it's fucking interesting, isn't it? It's it's just nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's so weird watching that and then watching the train wrecks that go on in American reality TV shows. I I don't. Upon seeing Terrace House. I really appreciate why I never watched American reality TV. It's like the real world would seem so fucking just overblown and just ridiculous in comparison to this. Like there's no, no confession cam. Oh, another thing that actually really changes things up is that they can watch the episodes. Like it's happening effectively in real time. So it's like, these air weekly, they can see last week's events once it airs. Mm-hmm. So you actually get some, like, if someone does something controversial in one episode, like two weeks later, you might see them change their behavior away from that because they they got bad feedback or like they realized that they look like an asshole by doing this. Yeah, yeah. Is this a, so? I don't know. I've only watched the season that took place in Hawaii. Oh, okay. So, is this the one? Do they have like the panel yeah. before the episodes? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, in addition to the six characters, the six people living in the house, there's also a panel of basically commentators. I don't know if it's a different panel because I've actually only watched the one in Tokyo. Once we finish that, then we're going to watch the one in Hawaii. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, hold on. Is the one in Tokyo with the tap dancing instructor? Yeah. Okay. I started to watch that. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't finish it. All right. <laughs> I I want to see how the one in Hawaii goes down as well. But there's there's a new one coming out in like two weeks. So I want to try and at least get through the first series before then. And but yeah. So oh, there's the, the panel of commentators. It's three comedians, two actors, and a model, and they just kind of crack jokes and talk about like what's happening and what they think is going to happen. And it's sort of like another audience that helps you digest the show because some some of the like cultural things that's a little different between America and Japan. It's a little. Some of the things may seem weird, but then the commentators joke about it in a way that. You, it makes more sense out of it. Like two of the characters hold hands in an episode and, and like to Americans, it's like, okay, they're holding hands. Like I'll hold hands with platonic friends. I'll hold hands with male friends. I don't give a shit. And it's holding hands. Who gives a fuck? 
But in Japan, it's much more of a big deal. That's really much more of a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. And it wasn't even like fingers interlocked. It was like, you know, let's cross the street for safety. <laughs> like holding children hands. hold hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, wow, they were holding hands. Oh, my God. So you may not have picked up on that if you didn't know that as a cultural thing. But you see them freaking out about it. You'd see that, oh, that's kind of a big step for them as a relationship. So, yeah. And they also crack jokes. So if an episode is like not very entertain entertaining or interesting they can make the episode much more interesting so that's good yeah yeah the the commentators do the same thing in hawaii cool it's good yeah i recommend it I, mainly because it's like it's a guilty pleasure it's I, a, I, don't I don't know even, why i like I, it yeah it's it's really hard to explain how it can suck you in because it's so tame it's so like there's mild drama, but it's, it's. Why didn't you wash the dishes? Right, and even I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my bad. I'll get right on that. <laughs> you know, or like, hey, you know, I I told you I like that girl. Like, I think you're getting a little too close to them. Like, okay, well, do you want me to back off? No, it's fine. We'll let the best man win. And like, that's it. And they're still cool. Like. That's it. That's as far as the drama goes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But yeah, uh, I, I would I would recommend that, and I can't explain why. Fair enough. But I recommend it. All right, me too. Yeah. I'll throw, throw my recommendation behind that as well. Yeah. Just to touch on like the Netflix branding that's on certain things. Just to just to clarify, uh, Netflix I don't think is producing the show. They're just licensing it from Japan. Mm, they definitely produced the one in Tokyo. Okay, because they even cracked jokes about that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case for any of the other seasons, mm-hmm. but that one, yes. Well, let's 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 Google this in yeah. a sec. But essentially, what I was getting at was. There, there are a few things that are original Netflix things, but something like the Full Metal Alchemist movie, that's not an original Netflix thing. That was licensed by Netflix. And But they'll still say it's a Netflix original. Do they? Yeah, and it's really stupid. That's like what huh. they did with Kakegurui. Did they? Yeah, and it's like it's under the Netflix originals. There it is. And it's like, no, this show oh. has been out before it came out in, on Netflix. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I think that's real scummy of them. I think. I think it's because it's in the eyes of the public. If they say licensed by Netflix or Netflix licensed yeah. rather than Netflix originals, it may be a little bit like too behind baseball for people. Yeah, maybe it's not good marketing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Netflix has astonishingly few original items, like things that they made, put the money behind, and like brought in themselves. A lot of them are comedy specials that they buy off of people. So it's not even that Netflix is paying to have the special made. What they do is uh, they'll have somebody go out and record, or somebody will go out and record their special and then try to sell it to Netflix or pitch the idea to Netflix to pay for their special or give them a fat ass check mm-hmm. for for a special in the case of dave chappelle's three specials he got i want to say 30 million to do three of them which is insane yeah That's holy ridiculous. shit ridiculous but hey they're probably making their money back no problem yeah yeah 
and yeah. Amy Schumer. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Have you seen the ad? Yes. Oh. Yes. Fat, fat acceptance the movie. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's the worst. Oh. I was sitting next to Nikki while we were, it was when we went to see Black Panther and I'm just sitting there like I hate this. I hate this so much. Like I get the message. I get the idea. Basically, yes, the movie is fat acceptance. The movie, but the idea is that she she's tired of how she looks. She thinks she looks disgusting, so she goes to the gym, works out real hard, and then falls, hits her head, and gets electrocuted. Whatever the fuck. Then she wakes up and suddenly believes herself to be the most beautiful, gorgeous person on the planet. And so people see that she has this confidence in herself, and everything starts going her way. And the idea is that, oh, if you just have some confidence, it doesn't really matter how you look. People will respect you. It's the secret, the movie. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> the power of positivity. But it's would, a new day. I would be fine with a movie that had that as the underlying message. But this looks like it is the most ham-fisted, in-your-face bullshit, horribly written. It, it, it looks so bad. I'm in, I'm in awe. You know, I thought it was a fucking parody ad right? when it came up because it was so on the fucking nose. Right? I I honestly did. I I just sat and I watched. <laughs> I was just like, "Huh, this is actually kind of a funny parody." <laughs> like this this is this could be an SNL skit. Yeah. Like maybe Amy Schumer's coming back to make fun of herself or whatever. But no, it was it was an actual factual ad. It's it is insane. <laughs> That's so People are going to go see it. People are going to see it in theaters. Yeah, but she doesn't... She's not at the point where she's like Adam Sandler popular. No, definitely not. She's not going to make a bajillion dollars off of it. It might break even or something. But that... I don't... Maybe it's possible that the movie or whoever created the ad for the movie just oversold it. And like Man. they they put all of the same elements in the in it, so you can get a good idea of what the story is, and maybe the movie's not exactly what it seems like it's gonna be. But on the other hand, her other movie, Trainwreck, was exactly as it was presented <laughs> in the trailers. Yeah, well, I thought you were gonna say the name was very apt. <laughs> uh, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't an awful movie, right? Right. I, I don't even know why, like how I ended up seeing that. I was about to ask. Um, ooh. Oh, that's a good question. I don't even know. Yeah, I maybe uh, I saw it with that girl I used to date. <sighs> beginning of last year. I don't know. Yeah, if you can't tell, I'm not really a fan of Amy Schumer. She's not exactly a master of uh, subtlety. No, she's not. Uh, I don't know. She's not funny. She's ju- she's just kind of like not funny no, at all. No, and she does the. And this is the kind of humor that I'm sick of seeing from Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, Judd Apatow movies, Paul Rudd shit, mm-hmm. where they're just constantly making dick and fart jokes. Yeah, like it's I'm not, a fucking 14 year old. It's it's not clever. Like a well timed dick joke is funny. You know, there are times where lowbrow humor can be very good, but if that's the entire movie, like fucking um. What was that horrible animated one? Uh, Sausage Sausage Party. Sausage Party. Yeah, that was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the humor was just 
sex and farts and weed and that's it like that movie was terrible and amy schumer is a kind of the same level of subtlety yeah with her humor instead of uh penises farts and weed she's pussy farts and alcohol yeah so and fat and fat it's it's really just kind of like okay we get it the act is the act is at over you're yeah. it's canceled it's done <laughs> you've told your joke that's it stop it it's it's like this it's like 40 variations on the same joke yeah no it's very very high level comedy and we're our plebeian minds can't handle it yeah maybe maybe we're too stupid yeah maybe we're too dumb for it she's transcended stupid and gone into galaxy brain territory yeah yeah yeah. this is oh what's that theory called the fish hook thing uh where you go so far to one side it just loops around horseshoe horseshoe theory yeah horseshoe theory but with comedy yeah goddamn ouroboros of comedy yep Let's get into questions uh, from the subreddit. You uh, got anything? Oh, you also yeah. just to clarify. Yes, Terrace House is produced as a joint venture of Fuji Television and Netflix. Okay. Okay. Cool. My bad. I didn't know that. Yep. Sometimes it's really hard to tell because sometimes they just slap their branding on it. <laughs> Other times they actually put money into it. Yeah. God damn. Yep. They need to make an American version of Terrace House. I would love to see that. I would love to be on it. Yes. Yes. Sit in my underwear playing video games all day. Yep. And then, you know, the whatever nice ass roommate you have comes in like, hey, hey, Denzel, do you mind do you mind picking up picking up some of your trash? Hey, fuck you, bitch. This is my job. Hey, fuck you. Hey, hey. Fuck you. And then psst. Psst. Excuse me. Fuck you. <laughs> and, and they don't kick people off the show, so you're good. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get into some questions. There's some long-ass questions this week. <laughs> y'all y'all want to make me read, huh? All right. Rella Rella says, I played a lot of roguelikes, and I suggest Nuclear Throne. A successful run takes about 15 to 20 minutes and requires the least amount of wiki knowledge among roguelikes. Splunk is also considered a roguelike for some reason, so give that a shot too. I have played Splunk. That one's pretty fun. I've never played it. I've seen a lot of it though. Yeah. I could fuck with it. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's hard. You'll die a lot in your first few tries, but you know, if you can make it through, it's cool. Good. I've never heard of Nuclear Throne, so I might give that a shot, especially if it's a 20 minute run like yeah I can fuck with that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. putty one asks what do you think of idubs throwing around the n-word all the time don't know if you guys have talked about this before because it's not recent at all but whatever uh so zalora's got a thoughtful response on the thread uh for that comment episode 61 co- questions and comments thread you should check that out yeah uh honestly dude uh and it's hard for me to like kind of justify these feelings to people, but I just don't take in people's content who use it yeah. like straight up and down or excuse me. And this is, see, this is why it's hard to justify. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it uh, when it's white people who use it. 
I I don't buy into the edginess anymore. Mm. The edgy shit is not for me. So if you want to go around throwing around the world and shit, like feel free to do it. Whatever. Just I don't want to associate with you, and I don't want communities that I'm in, or I don't want to be spotted in those communities. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I watched a one content cop by uh, by iDubs, and I was just like, well, all right, that's okay. Congrats to him. <laughs> good, good for him. Yeah. But honestly, it's just I just don't like it. I don't like being around it. Because it it assumes too much familiarity, and mm. then it allows for certain people to behave in certain manners. The reason why I kind of I kind of quash it as a whole when when somebody says it to me, especially when a white person says it to me, is because it allows for a lot of different behaviors to start coming into the fold that I don't want around me. Just look at some of the places where. Uh, the word is used freely on the internet, mm. and because you're probably sitting at home and you're you're probably saying like, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it." But you're embedded in those communities where it's full of like aspy fucks that don't actually have any social skills, yeah. and you wonder why there are no girls around. <laughs> My bad. I enjoy getting pussy now. Your boy's brand new. <laughs> Your boy's brand fucking new. I like I like fucking. And I like, I I mean, like, man, there are so many things that go wrong when you start. And that's like one of those like entry things, right? Yeah. An entry word, uh, an entry point. Same with like using the F word, not yeah. the the unfriendly term for gay people or the slur for gay people. Right. Uh, it, it allows for so much shit to just start oozing into your communities. And it's like, oh, God, you now you're filled with like aspy fucks that have Terrible social skills, scaring away all the women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I I was never into iDubs by any means. I just I never came across it. I didn't even really watch much Filthy Frank stuff or anything. But my actual introduction to him was the the Tana Mongu whatever her name is thing, where he's like, say, say. yeah. <laughs> In that context, I, I did laugh. It was it, that I did find that funny because he was just he was getting a shock out of her. <clears throat> Doesn't necessarily excuse it for me though. Like shock value is a thing. Okay, cool, but I'm not here for someone who's just trying to get edgy content out there all the time like i'm not trying to i i don't know i don't want to say i'm too old for it or too intelligent for it but i'm too old and intelligent for that man yeah <laughs> like i'm you. past that it's i just don't i yeah i agree i'm too old too smart there there are better ways to get rise a rise out of people like and why are you even trying to do that yeah. like, what are you fucking 12 dude if i, I grow the fuck up and again, I can't stress enough, like civil discourse is important to me. Like if you have a disagreement with somebody, screaming at them isn't gonna get your point across. And the the type of conversations that you have with uh people who aren't black who use the N word repeatedly, uh it just it leads to a more toxic community. 
it I, I need to find the quote because I have to use it so often but you know it's something to the effect of if you ironically do something you're going to attract people who unironically are into that yes so if you are ironically air quotes spewing racist shit and using the edgiest terms you can you're going to find yourself among people who legitimately believe that black people are subhuman or that gay should be burned or you know whatever it is that you are joking about someone really believes that and they're going to think you're on their side and worst case scenario you might start believing them you can find yourself getting red pilled by actual racists and actual homophobes because you didn't bother doing your research and because you just wanted to, to make some edgy jokes when you were 14. Yeah. I've seen it happen and it's the dumbest shit to me. That's that's another thing that I'm curious about. Like, why the fuck is that even funny? Like, why? Like, there's this dude, not to call this guy out, I'm not even sure if he hangs around the community anymore, but there was a dude in the Discord who's constantly uh, posting, like, big nigga doing something memes. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, how is this funny? Where the fuck is the comedy in Yeah, this? like, what, what's the joke? What's the like, punchline here? Yeah, I was looking at that shit, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like what? Uh, you gotta tell me, what? What? where's the comedy here? Is it's just like <laughs> it says big nigga. <laughs> it's like you aspy fuck. God. Chill. God. Not not nothing against you if you do listen to the podcast, dude. But I just I that's why I started deleting those when you put when you would post them. Yeah, it, because they're not funny, and I don't want to attract that kind of those kinds of people. Same with why I keep changing CJ's name in the in the Discord. Yeah. Um. Because I don't, that's not the type of community I want to foster. Yeah. And you, you can say it's censorship. You can say it's us being overly politically correct, but. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, that too. And, and not in a friendly way. <laughs> if you say, oh, these guys are too PC, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Just, you, you don't have to be around. Just get the fuck out. I, I never really understood the, uh, why people are so, so afraid of being politically correct. Like. Oh, my bad. Showing people respect is yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> letting people exist. And letting <laughs> letting people live their lives the way they want to. Oh, I'm the asshole now. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. I can't, I can't believe these students don't want to be told to get raped or whatever. Or, or these women don't want to be called trannies. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy fuck. I can't believe that these people are asking me to respect them. What's next? I can't just go up and grab a woman's titties? <laughs> what the fuck? This isn't the America I grew up in. In, the, in my America, you could, tell, you could tell a woman to get back into the kitchen and tell a black man to get back out in the cotton fields. That's the America I grew Make up in. Make America great again. That's the America I want. Yeah. Assholes. <laughs> fucking pieces of shit uh, alright so Destro the Siege comes at us with Chet in episode 60 that's last week you mentioned that Black Panther is being heralded as Shakespearean and in that in many ways it was similar to the Lion King 
Dude, The Lion King was based on Hamlet. Main characters are princes. Both have Shady's uncle. Close male friendships. One love interest. Both their fathers die. Both fathers reappear as ghosts. Sent into exile. Both battle their uncles and take revenge. Okay, I'm actually going to give you a quick correction on this. They're very similar. Hamlet and Lion King. However, Lion King was actually based on real events in what is now Ghana. There was a prince known by the name of Sundiata. And pretty much the story is exactly Lion King. His father was a good king. Uh, Sunjiata was a dutiful son, but was considered kind of not ready for the throne. Like, they, they didn't think he would grow up to be a good king. He was too soft, too nice, whatever. And then he had his, uh, the king's brother ends up killing the king. And because the son wasn't an heir yet, uncle takes over the throne and then he he gets his posse in there so then the queen takes her kids they dip she trains sunjiata in whatever other country they go to to uh to be a better king comes in murks his uncle and he becomes king of what is now ghana i didn't know that yeah that was a random ass fact i learned in summer school one year Oh shit! But yeah, you can you can go ahead and look that one up, and like, not to say that you were wrong. Hamlet is definitely very similar, and a lot of people have made that assertion before, which was actually how I learned about Sundiata because someone made that comparison. Someone just well actually their way in there. So mm, mm. yeah, but there's a little little fun fact for y'all. Then he continues with that being said, you and Denzel were talking about how no one remembers anything about Iron Man one when broadly speaking. Black Panther and Iron Man share many similarities. Father controls an empire. Empires run a certain way for a long time. Son inherits empire. Continues running it the same way. Internal turmoil. Internal turmoil wants to change the way things are run. Son is removed from power. Uses a super suit and rallies friends to reclaim power. Changes the way empire is run. Happily ever after until next movie. There's only a finite ways of... There's only a finite amount of stories that can and have ever been told. I recommend, if you want to keep enjoying stories and shows and the like, that no one looks too closely at any of this. Just enjoy the show for what it is. Yeah, it's an interesting thought, and I guess I hadn't broken it down into such simple components. Because they, they play out in very different ways. Being Largely being that, you know, Tony Stark just kind of... You don't really see him running the empire, really. It starts with him losing the empire. It starts with him going into exile, essentially. So there's a lot less of that. There's much less of a focus on that. But yeah, when you boil a story down to its core components, we're all telling the same basic stories. The hero's journey. Yep. The inciting incident. Yep. It's, the opposing force. It's all classic. It's all based on classical myths and whatnot. You know, it's, it's, mm, 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 no one's mm. original. No one. Central Storm says, "Sup guys, loved your take on Black Panther, but I gotta say something to Chet about the character of Ironheart. Though I'm sure there were people who disliked the character because she was black or a woman." Most of the people hated her because she was created and written by an almost universally hated writer, Brian Michael Bendis. 
on the heels of an almost universally panned event, Civil War II. She appeared at a time when Marvel was replacing many of their older characters with more diverse legacy characters that were mostly terribly written. To give you some perspective, there was a point where the Avengers lineup was Teenage Muslim Miss Marvel, Teenage Nova, Teenage Black and Hispanic Spider-Man, Jane Foster Thor, Falcon Captain America, Iron Man, and Vision. It just felt weird and forced, and if you were just trying to get into the comics after watching the movies, you were completely lost. That being said, I really fuck with the idea of T'Challa's sister being in the MCU Ironheart. Keep up the good work, and I liked your bit on the Dick Show album Denzel. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I actually didn't really know much about Ironheart. I just kind of knew that she was a character that existed. I haven't really read many Marvel comics ever, so... Just kind of threw that out there, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, I could see why people would resist some of the uh, diversity squad Avengers. I don't know, man. I don't know because when that starts getting into like some real sketchy territory for me, it's like oh, I don't like this because the diversity seems forced. But what do you mean? What do you mean? Hold on. What do you What do you mean? Diversity <laughs> seems forced. Because, uh, all right, here's a little story about me. Uh, when I was growing up, I had a very de- diverse group of friends. Uh, like, it looked like a Benetton ad. And if you're familiar with Benetton, it's very, like, a diversity-forward brand. Yeah. So I had, like, three Asian friends, a Mexican friend, uh, two Filipino friends, two black friends, two Jewish friends, a white friend. Like, like as like a posse, we would hang out. Mm-hmm. And it was just super diverse. Like, if, if you saw us walking around, nobody would be like, oh, that diversity over there in that friend group is super forced. <laughs> they need to get rid of some of that, some of those Asians in there. Yo, can you replace a couple of those black dudes? Like, why you got three of them? <laughs> yeah, like, get rid of those black dudes. Put in some white people. You okay. know what? In fact, make all of them white except for the one Filipino kid. There you go. Yeah. Uh, nobody's I don't know I just I grew up uh, at least lucky I guess I'm fortunate because it's not like this for a lot of people I just grew up around a diverse group of people I think that just kind of happens with where we are being in San Diego like my group of friends is largely the same thing like you could legit take any of my group of friends take a photo and like send that to a college and be like hey put this up (laughs) (laughs) You could use this on your splash page to show how diverse your campus is. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's just kind of this is just what we've grown up in. I think more so where people have issue is that they took characters that had been white in the past. And now it's like, oh, now it's a black Captain America. Oh, now it's a black Spider-Man. Oh, now it's a girl Thor. And, like, and when it's done all at the same time or like very close to each other... It starts to feel a little, well, a bit much. I'd be willing to guess that the same dorks that were complaining about the diversity in Marvel comics were complaining about the diversity in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that anybody who's going to be upset about it wouldn't be pleased one way or the other. I mean, unless if you made more more of them white. I mean, I guess even replacing the originals with white backup characters, right? Like, instead of a Muslim teenager captain marvel it was like another white blonde person i think they would still be equally as angry because you're replacing what's originally there i think they would be 
definitely less angry. Because, <laughs> like, really? I, I, okay, I don't think there are people, I don't think the majority of comic readers are racist. That is definitely not what I'm getting at here. However, when you replace one blonde woman with another blonde woman, it's like, okay, well, this is okay, more of the make, same. Make a brunette. <laughs> Okay, yeah, make or a brunette, whatever. But still, it's like you replace a white woman with a white woman, it feels more or less like more of the same. But when you replace a white woman with a black woman, it's like, well, why she got to be black now? Because the the diversity is forced. Oh, oh god, this shit, this shit. It's it's fucking space, dog. Well, last, I mean, last gen, it's yeah. fucking space. I yeah, did not you? realize. I did not realize there was an interview with Carl Sagan in the seventies, and he's like. Why is every main character in this in Star Wars white? Like, is, we're in fucking space. Like, why aren't not even just black? Why aren't they purple and green and shit? Like, why are they all white humans? <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. It's fucking space, it's dog. Space. <laughs> like, are you really gonna nitpick over like these? Okay, there's an Asian lady and a black dude, yeah. and a fucking Mexican dude, and you should be more upset that some of them have British accents and the other ones don't. Yeah, I always thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, what region of space are you from? Huh? <laughs> Nobody else on that fucking planet, on Jakku or wherever Ray is from, had a fucking had a fucking British accent. Well, I think the the because he was played by Simon Pegg, the big big yeah. armed guy did. But I don't think any of the fucking vendors One did. Quarter right? portion. Did we hear anybody else talk on that planet? Maybe I'm full of shit. It was like robots. Aliens. Then why don't the robots have more British accents, huh? Why does C-3PO have a fucking British accent? Luke doesn't. I, I was always curious, like, why they got so many British actors, like, just throughout the series. A lot of those actors are British. But it's an American production. Like, don't you got don't you have American actors? Like, every all of the main characters in the new one are, like, almost entirely British. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, there are more things you could be mad at than an Asian woman showing up in a film. You know why they're mad. <laughs> is it because they're racist? Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. <sighs> Whether or not they want to admit it, like, if you're mad because someone's Asian, you're probably a little racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, like, come on, though. Like, let's... You fucking... Of all the things to be upset about. Oh my god, the Asian lady. Can't believe they fucking put an Asian in this. Well, they got Space China now? <laughs> why why does this why is there a gigantic SJW woman in charge of the ship? Where did she get her hair dice? Is that from Space China too? Why is her hair purple? Uh is that her natural hair color? Uh <clears throat> why is there a black man? I I I touched on this as like as a means of selling some of my friends on like yo go check out Black Panther but a lot of the main characters in Black Panther are strong women and they don't really make a big deal of it it's like yo the smartest person in the country woman strongest person in the country woman best spy that just happens to be around woman and they don't make a big deal of it like yeah. they don't they don't like call attention to it and I, I think that's great you know like yeah I, they, they did it very well and it didn't feel ham-fisted I, I want to see, I want to see the MGTOW crowd be like, yo, what's up with all the girls? Why are they forcing this? The the MGTOW crowd, 
They probably they're, wouldn't be watching the movie. Anyway. I mean, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. They're probably. I would. I would. I'd venture to guess that the MGTOW crowd has a strong overlap with the alt right. Yeah, and uh, other incel groups. <laughs> Fucking incels, man. They're they're hilarious to me. Go get laid. They can't. Yeah, that's, that's the why problem. they're called incels. Oh shit! No, <laughs> that's why they're mad. <laughs> <laughs> and they've gone their own way. Yeah, that's it. They're done with it. Yep. Stooks424 says, Hey guys, I just found your podcast and I've really been enjoying it so far. Oh, thanks, Thanks. buddy. My question right now is music related. What's your current go-to banger? Uh, ooh. So, my go-to banger, one song that, there are two songs that still get me hype. And they're still, they're both older songs. Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. one I'm going to say is Cardi B's Bodak Yellow. Okay. Yep. That one gets me fucking going every time. Every time. It goes hard. And the other one is Guess Who by 12th Planet featuring Loud Pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a pseudo dubstep song. It's like, it's modern dubstep, not like oh, classic not like dubstep. Heavy, heavy. It's, it's none of that. It's All not. Right. And it's the chorus is just like, guess who's fucking your bitch? Yeah. I was like, oh, God, that's my shit. Yeah. I'll put the links in the, in the show notes. Yeah. I think my, my most recent, my newest addition to the bangers is uh, Stir Fry by Migos. I just, I fuck with that beat. I feel like. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's as good as some of their other, like, my other bangers that they would release, like Versace, Bad and Bougie, uh, Hannah Montana. Like, I don't think it's quite up to that level, but it's my current. I'm just going to throw this on there and blast it. If I had to go back a little farther, I would also throw in uh, Dump Dump by ASAP Ferg. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> Very similar uh, themes. Yeah. <laughs> That one work remix goes really oh, hard yeah. still. Uh, Back that ass up by Juvenile. Yeah, yeah that one. Those are good. Those yeah. are all good. I, I I played Dump Dump to bring in the new year this year. It's perfectly timed. Minute and eleven seconds. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's when the first uh, I fucked your bitch and it, it hit on the uh, on the bitch. <laughs> oh shit. We didn't say Happy New Year this year. We said, I fucked your bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Samurai Jack the Face Ripper asks, what games, PC, console, or mobile, do you feel have made the biggest impact on the gaming industry since the turn of the century? I'm definitely going to say Halo. Yep. Halo was a big one. League of Legends, also a big one. Yep. Uh, MOBAs were fucking loud as fuck out there. Yeah, like, I mean, really you can, if you really want to get technical, that would be Warcraft 3, Kazan of Strife, and then Dota, and then LOL. But, yeah. Like, it's funny, because, like, a question like that, it's all the obvious answers. Because it has to be the biggest ones. Like, it yeah. has to be Halo. It has to be World of Warcraft. Uh, Angry Birds. Yeah, Candy Crush. Those games changed the fucking world. Yeah. Like, the, especially the mobile shits as far as, like, DLC and microtransactions oh, go. Oh, man, yeah. Like, those actually disrupted the gaming industry by a large... Seriously. I don't know who invented the concept of loot boxes, 
they changed the game. Yeah. 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 Any, any, it, it's pretty much all the obvious answers. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing that we can bring up. That's going to change, blow your mind because you should know all of these games already. They changed the game. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you know, there's no, no real insights to be gained here. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this one's hardly an opinion piece. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that does for questions. All right, cool. Let's get into voicemails. All right. Yo, it's Dr. Dirty D, a voice you haven't heard in a while. At any rate, talking about how in and out got lines for days. Like, I don't understand how that works. I work in a restaurant that gets fucking slammed day in and day out. And nobody's in there for long and what they need to be. Hey, burgers take about three minutes to cook because we got it all measured out, everything measured out, pre-planned. Everything's pre-packaged, essentially. You know, I do the prep work when I'm work back there and when I'm doing fucking dishes. And everything's on a pretty much timer. Like, you get used to it to the point where you could get an omelet done, four burgers, someone's grilled chicken salad, and two Tony dogs out in, like, a matter of eight minutes. I don't know what these places are doing. I don't know why they're doing it so wrong. And I have to, I have to subscribe to Denzel's theory of, they want to have lines in there so people want to go in, which is weird because it kind of works. Anyway, keep up the good work. Uh, your show's essentially about nerd stuff. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's like a slice of life anime. I mean, I, I, I can't disagree that we're basically a slice of life anime because there's real fucking life out here in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Slice of life. Uh, we're, I'm just going to introduce the podcast as that from now on, a slice of life podcast. There you go. Jeez, <laughs> we'll be the first one ever. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, outside of this American Life and every other fucking storytelling podcast that exists on the NPR network, the industrial podcast complex. <laughs> God damn it. Yep. Yeah, I 100% still for that conspiracy theory. There's no way that making burgers takes that fucking long. If you work at In-N-Out, let us know. I'm a burger truther. Well, hey, boys. This is Weird TK. I'm a country music artist. I was listening to, uh, I believe, last week's episode, and y'all were talking about uh, DLCs and fighting games, and I have to say, the only DLCs and fighting games that I appreciate Myself, Willard TK, aspiring country music artist, <laughs> or Mortal Kombat when they had uh, Freddy Krueger. Now it was the the fucked up Freddy Krueger from the remake, and they had Jason Voorhees. I like that. And then in the Mortal Kombat X or Ten or whichever, they had a uh, Predator, which was the only reason I bought the fucking game. I know that might be kind of you know that's me to hear in the there. Anyways. That's the DLCs I appreciate. It's when they take somebody that's not even from that fucking universe and they they yank them in there, and it's good. It's pretty good. It works. It works in Mortal Kombat, where you know you're ripping people's heads off and shit. But I, I don't I don't know what the fuck you do with anything else. All right, y'all keep it classy, boys. Love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually really like NetherRealm Studios, like who they pick for their licensing. Um, in Injustice 2, they just got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's, you pick 
one turtle, but you can switch between the four turtles and they all play differently. They all have different intros, outros. It's like basically four characters in one. And it's fucking cool. And yeah, they actually do a very good job with their DLC. It's not just characters that were already on the disc. It's not just things that should have been included in the first place. Like Blaze Blue Cross Tag was talking about they were going to have 20 characters on release and then 20 characters as DLC, like right from the jump. And people rioted. When they when they heard that, for one, it's it's a two v two game, a versus game with only twenty characters. It's nothing. Oh, <laughs> yikes! Yeah, so the, it was to the the response was so bad that they they said they were going to change their uh, their model. But the way NetherRealm Studios approaches DLC is actually very good, and they get surprise characters and they do it well. And I think more studios should follow that suit rather than announcing stuff way ahead of time and like just i don't know when capcom shows dlc characters before a game is out bad sign (laughs) 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 just stop doing that kind of stuff and how else are they gonna entice people into buying their over fucking price season pass though (sighs) sell it later (laughs) (laughs) like you season passes are fine but don't you really want these characters that are on the disc already? Mm-hmm. Get our season pass so we can rip you off. Yeah, yeah that, the controversy with Cross Tekken was huge. And I, I think they learned after that because... <laughs> I, I still like that game. The game's still fun in its own right, especially after all the patches. But, you know, it's hard to play a game when no one else plays it. Yeah, that's very true. What up, nerds? Uh, Soder EDH guy again. And uh, I'm not talking about Commander because I'm pretty sure that the majority of your listener base is going to be tired of that. So here's something else I want to talk about. How about Jimmy Wong calling out Dr. Disrespect and saying that he's racist for pretty much making up a gibberish language that kind of sort of not really sounds like Chinese? I mean, everyone does it, right? So that makes everyone racist, right? And even though, like, Jimmy Wong says that what Dr. Disrespect, Dr. Dr. Disrespect, it was racist, but you know, he could do Dr. Knuckles, so with that same amount of logic, he's racist too. Thanks, Jimmy Wong. Bye. You know, I I don't know. I this is impossible for me to answer. Like I can't I wouldn't do it because uh, I, I not to say that I would stray away from like edgy behavior uh if I were Dr. Disrespect, but like I don't know. Like he, he's one of the biggest people who streams on Twitch. He's got a lot more to lo- more to lose, yeah. and that shit's real edgy. Yeah, that shit's real fucking edgy. I I haven't heard the. Uh, if this is the first I'm hearing of this controversy. If the clip was something to the effect of Ching Chong Ling Long Bing Bong, that's racist. Ah, <laughs> uh, if it was something like that, it's you know, it's a little racist. But other than that, it's then you're just talking gibberish. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Like I would call it like I don't. Know. I, the only way that I can really approach it is from like whether or not I would do it right because mm-hmm. I I don't feel like I'm even fully qualified to say a lot of things are racist, right? 
like they i can call them racist but it's it's much more complex there's than a that. lot of nuance here uh, do i think do i think he should have done it like would i have done that same thing if i were him no mm. absolutely not he does many he does many fake languages on that none of which needed to sound like chinese or whatever mm. that one in particular i would have avoided he does one that sounds like russian or some shit and one that sounds like Spanish or some shit. Okay. And like he does a lot of that shit. The, I'm gonna say then it was like unless it was specifically Ching Chong Ling Long Bing Bong. <laughs> um, no, it was like it sounded like he was like just making noises. Okay. I don't, he was like, I'm, I don't it, 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 like similar to like a Black Dynamite. It sounded like a bogus house. Sounds like some cartoon shit. Uh, you know, something that's just kind, so, okay, kind of. I mean, it's, hard. it's it's like he's just mimicking, like trying to mimic Chinese. Right. Okay. I I I think I get the idea. I would do it, but I, that's you, not you me. don't. Yeah, that's not me. I understand. <laughs> I feel like he didn't intend for it to be necessarily offensive, but I can see why people would be offended by it, and you just kind of got to take it in stride. Like when you make certain comments, certain jokes, you have to kind of accept that some people are going to get mad over it. So whether or not, then you just have to decide whether or not you're willing to take that risk or if you care, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, like PewDiePie, the whole pink is the hold of a sign that says death to Jews. Like he knew what the fuck he was doing there. He knew exactly (laughs) what the fuck he was doing. So the, but he still chose to go through and, risk it yeah but again there are levels to this shit yeah i don't i, I don't mean, think saying some cartoon I, uh, gibberish is nearly to that it's, to that it's level not, it's not i mean like i don't even know man like i uh, personally i wouldn't say it's that bad i mean it's it's not any less racist than like when a black person shows up in a twitch stream everybody's spamming try hard <sighs> Or if every every time somebody says the N word, they spam like "Come on, bruh." Yeah, like yeah. it's it it's not any more racist than that, and not to say that it's excused because of that, but I mean that's the audience that's on Twitch. Yeah, it's a bunch of young aspy fucks who don't really have any idea like how to behave in polite society. No, and of course you're behind the veil of anonymity, and when you're in a popular stream there's a good chance your comment won't even be read. Yeah. Like it's moving so fast. Like the joke is uh, chat's moving so fast. Won't, no one will know I'm gay. And then, like, <laughs> it just scrolls on up and you know, whatever <laughs> until the one person sees it. Right. <laughs> I know you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's stuff like that. It's the little mob mentality on Twitch chat. It's probably one of the worst places on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, it can be pretty toxic, especially certain communities like an Ice Poseidon's community. I don't know what Dr. Disrespect's community is like, but I I can't imagine that it's any different from most other ones. No. And, you know, it it depends largely on who's streaming, but a lot of the biggest streamers attract the same sort of audience. Yeah. And uh, whatever. Yeah. 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 Hey, Chet and Denzel and Eric. Uh, I was going to go on a trip to Ireland, Scotland, and London. 
uh, next month. And I was just curious if you guys had traveled over there or uh, had an, uh, kind of any sort of experiences, cool places to see, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that was all I have for you. Uh, love the show. Thanks, Kevin. Nope. Indeed, I have not either. I mean, we can bring Eric back and see what he says because he's he just went through the UK last uh, December, but we haven't. Nope. Neither of us have been to Europe at all. I think. Nope. Yep. Nope. Only uh, I've only been to uh the furthest east I've been in my life. I think would be Miami. It's either that or New York. And then from that, well, and then Japan, but I went westward, so I'm just counting that as further west. I've mainly only been to the Caribbean. And I would like to. It's very nice down there. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. I've been Denzel. I've been Chet. You can follow the show on Twitter at XRealNerdHours. You can follow me on Twitter at that Denzel. You can follow Chet on Twitter at... Bushido Brown SD. Excellent. You can join in on the conversation on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash RealNerdHours. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Real Nerd Hours Podcast. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Real Nerd Hours. You can shoot us an email if you want at askrnh at gmail.com. Uh, at this point, I, like, I want to give announcements, but it's like there are none. Yeah. There aren't any announcements. Well, we oh. did a lot of that up front anyway. Yeah, that's true. Again, if you want anybody on the show, just let us know. We'll try to reach out. Yeah. I, I'm trying to try my hand at like this how many retweets scamming. Oh, man. It's so weird because it's like, how are people even successful with this bullshit? Uh, there's like tweet deck networks among people. So, like, if you can get one person to retweet something, like, then whatever network they're in, then they retweet it and they all of them have thousands of followers. It's crazy. Tweet deck networks. Yeah, I don't. It, I only got like a Spark Notes version of it. So it's basically you get asked to join these groups, and then when you do, you just retweet each other's stuff, and it's all like, you know, usually meme accounts or whatever. And like, they'll have there'll be two people that tweet the exact same thing, but if one person's in this network and one person isn't. The person who isn't might get, you know, a couple hundred, a couple thousand. The person who is will get 10,000 guaranteed just every time. But you got to be popping to be invited anyway. So That's interesting. I didn't know that was something that existed. Yeah. Huh. Well, fuck it. Whatever. We'll see you next Thursday. (laughs) Y'all have a good night.